It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, July sixteenth, two thousand and fifteen. Thank you for being here tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Hey, Jacob. Great to be with you. Working good. on doing a little computer issues right yeah, here as, to, we, as we get started. Good to be with you. And we've got Anthony back behind the board. Anthony. Welcome back after, well, it's been a long hiatus for you. <laughs> it's been a little bit of one, yeah. Been out of pocket a bit. So good to have you here. Good to be back. Adam, looking forward to the discussion tonight. Before we get yeah. into it, we've got an announcement. One more time we get to announce it, and it's uh, because it's coming up on us fast. All right, next Monday and Tuesday night, that's July 20th and 21st, right here in Columbia, Tennessee, we're having our community Bible study. That's next Monday and Tuesday night. It's at an off site facility yes. uh, called the Memorial Building in d- near downtown Columbia, just a couple blocks west of the downtown square in downtown yeah. Columbia, Tennessee. We're going to do two nights, 7 o'clock each night, and our theme for study during this year's community Bible study is the Christian's response to Islam. Bob Buchanan from Bowling Green, Kentucky, will be presenting the lessons. Uh, he's knowledgeable in that subject, has worked with... Uh, uh, people who've been converted to Christianity from Islam. Uh, he's preached and taught in Malaysia and Indonesia, where there are a lot of uh, Muslims. And so he's very knowledgeable on this subject, and we think it brings some very valuable information to us. There'll be a lesson each night, and then there'll be a question and answer period as well. We want to invite everybody to come. We think it'll be very beneficial. So next Monday and Tuesday night, July 20th and 21st, at the Memorial Building in downtown Columbia, you can go to our website, and all the information is there right on our homepage, collegeview.com, and you can even follow a link there to get a little more additional information. But uh, if you're within a driving distance of Columbia, Tennessee, we think you ought to be here. If you can't get here, we'll try to post that those both sessions to our website as quickly as we can after it's over. All right. Check out our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you're in driving distance of Columbia, Tennessee, make sure you'll be there Monday and Tuesday, July 20th and 21st. 2015, uh, the Memorial Building in Columbia, Tennessee. All right, on to our subject tonight. Looking forward to it. Anthony, I think your blood pressure was raised a few points today when you saw the uh, email go out. Yeah, I, I watched um, the, the, one of the videos, and, yeah, it was definitely concerning for sure. Uh, that's uh, right. That's all right, uh, so, uh, and, uh, so we'll look forward to the discussion. Dad, you want to introduce it? Yeah, um, we have come across a video posted on the Internet from the Harpeth Hills Church of Christ uh, in, well, in Nashville, Tennessee. Actually, they're in Brentwood, Tennessee, which is a suburb, south suburb yes. of uh, Nashville. All of us in Middle Tennessee know where that is. But for for just general purposes, we could say a, a large Nashville Church of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've recently made a decision to add instrumental music to one of their services and they posted a video in which their preacher basically explains why they're doing that. Yes. And, and it's very informative. It's actually 
quite disturbing when you consider the argumentation, the reasoning or the illogic, really, of the presentation explaining why they chose to do this. And it's the same arguments we've heard for years from denominational folks, and these folks are making it. They're not even making it as well as what we've heard in the past, and they've thrown in some more flimsy arguments that are even flimsier than the other arguments we've heard. It's just an amazing video, and you sent a link to it in your update earlier today, and hopefully our listeners had a chance to view that. If you haven't, we've got the clips here tonight that we want to discuss. What we're going to do, we've picked out a number of clips. Obviously, the sermon was about 42 minutes long. If we played the whole thing, we wouldn't have time to comment on it all. So we picked out what we think are some particularly important clips from that video. And you're going to have to move fast. And we're going to have to move fast. We've got 14 clips. They pretty much stand for themselves. I mean, they don't need a lot of answering because the arguments they make don't hold water to begin with. But we're going to talk about them. Yeah. Um, if you're in the chat room tonight, you'll have to sign in. You have to chime in quickly as the videos are playing because we're going to hit them in rapid fire. So, as the as the clips are playing, make your comments. Let we'll, me give let me give the while we got this, Jacob. Let me give the the address for those who would like to see that video themselves. Of course, don't watch it now while you're with us. Oh no, but no, no. If you go to Vimeo.com, a lot of people are familiar with the Vimeo site. We post our uh, videos on Vimeo. That's that's where we do our video hosting. Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com. And then look for Harpeth Hills Church of Christ. The specific video, I don't know if anybody's got their pen and paper, the f- specific video is 132-724-162. But if you just do a search on Vimeo for Harpeth Hills uh, Church of Christ, you'll find it. And the video is named, Why Are We Doing This? Okay. All right. Now, someone might say, well, you're just picking on them. Why, are you, why, why do you think you need to pick on them? Well, the fact of the matter is, by the position that they're taking, they're saying that we're wrong, and we need to we need to answer that. We're going to see it's a, that. It's, a, it's a it's an argument against us, or a, a yeah. And I think us. we're going to see that as we go along. Yeah, and I think pretty specifically they're going to say so. All right. So let's go to the what, what we're just going to do is play these clips and then comment on them. And if you have comments, probably the best way to get them to us tonight is to jump in the chat room and. Uh, and we'll try to monitor the chat room and comments in the chat room as we go along. Uh, All right. I think that's probably how we'll have to operate. We, didn't, no. we weren't able to put out any questions because of the nature of this discussion. We didn't put out any questions. Yep. We did get some emails back. People are pretty alarmed about what they're hearing here. But we'll probably be fielding most of our comments out of the chat room. And before we begin, if you're just joining us, you haven't listened to us in the past, to know where we stand on the issue, we believe God is authorized uh, the use of singing in our worship to him without the aid of instruments because we don't find any instructions in the New Testament that authorize that. We'll get into that as we go along, but so you know where we start, stand at the beginning. We believe that their decision to add instruments to worship is unauthorized. It's a big mistake. Big mistake because it's unauthorized in the Scriptures. We'll talk about that, that as we go along, and we'll look forward to your comments. All right, are we All ready right, to go? We're ready to roll. Anthony, now we're gonna clip number one, is, is it's the only clip that, there's one of the elders speaking. Elder Randy Gott is making a statement to the congregation. We'll, we'll talk about that briefly, and then we're going to go to the sermon that was preached by their preacher explain, explaining their decision. So here's, here's the elder making an announcement to the congregation. All right. As you know, the elders announced two weeks ago that on August the 9th, we will begin a third service on Sunday morning in the youth room that will be an instrumental worship. 
this decision was made after months of study, prayer, honest discussion and contemplation about the next steps for the Harpeth Hills congregation. It, it was not taken lightly and has been a journey for most of us. And we recognize that this is a journey for many of you. Our decision was based on lengthy deliberation. And it may take time for you to process the next steps. We're all in a different place. I want to assure you, we appreciate your support. But we also appreciate those who've come to us with concerns. All of our discussions have been done in love and respect. So let's continue that dialogue. Let's walk this journey together. Harpeth Hills is a grace-filled body. And I know that based on my 12 years here. And you've demonstrated that once again. These are significant days for this congregation. We're on a new course. And we appreciate your willingness to study with us with an open heart. These past few months, as we've considered this decision, has been a blessing in my life. The lessons that Chris has shared has opened our eyes and our hearts. And today, I pray and I believe that it'll be no different. Okay. All right. Uh, so right. we're back. Um, and uh, some ver- shocking language in that. Uh, well, I, uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, he did He did suggest that they had studied on the subject. He used uh, another expression. He said lengthy deliberation. But he said it's a, it's, it's a journey. We're on a journey okay. together. And uh, we're all sort of in different places as we make this journey along. I would agree that a lot of us are in different places than he is. And they are on a journey. There's no denying that. Yeah. But I, I wonder about the, the whole concept of being on a journey. Uh, you know, th- that suggests sort of an evolution of, right. of uh, religious thought, whereas I believe that the church was where God wanted it to be in the first century. We talked about this last week on the virtual Bible study. I believe the church was right where God wanted it to be just as soon as, as as it was instituted, and certainly within the lifetime of the first century apostles, they were guided into all truth, and the church was doing everything God ever intended for it to do. And so this idea of being on a journey, I think, is probably part of the problem, thinking that we sort of evolve over time. Uh, lots of denominations think that. The Catholic Church thinks that. It's disturbing to see here an elder of a Church of Christ suggesting that same Mindset. And he said that they're on a new course. That implies that the old course was wrong. Mm-hmm. And the way they were before was wrong, and where they're headed now in their mind is right. You know, throughout this video, I've, I, I, you do not hear anyone saying, we were wrong and we repent. Forgive us for our error. No, it's just that they're changing and, uh, and that they need, and this, that their old position was wrong, but yet uh, there's no 
really apologize for being wrong for so long. No apology for being wrong, but they do certainly suggest that they've rethought it. Now they see what they hadn't seen before. We're going to see that in the preacher's comments. Okay. Right. Uh, in an email, Kyle writes in and says, very disappointing to hear of an assembly of Christians going outside of the scriptures in their worship of the Lord by including even one service of instrumental music. They basically invalidate any argument they could make concerning doctrine, how they could hold their own members accountable for doctrinal error when they make such a grievous decision. Keeping to tradition isn't the reason why there's no instrumental music. We are to worship the way God commands us to. Deviations will occur when we try to improve our, uh, impose our will upon God when we should be accepting his. I think you're exactly right, Kyle. All right, and uh, Kyle, in the chat room adds, anytime the phrase, this church is on a journey, is used, it's not going to be good. Doesn't sound good. And, I think good. and Aaron refer- references the the wording there that they're on a new course. He says, yep, it's not the old past for sure. He's, he quotes, like in the Old Testament. Yeah, he said, quotes, we will not walk in them, Jer- uh, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, where the Lord encourages the people to walk in the old past in the good way. And they said, we will not walk therein. Thank you for right. your comments. Now, all the rest of the clips come from the just immediately after that on the on the video, the, the preacher Chris Smith takes the podium and he proceeds to uh, explain why we are doing this. That's the name of his address to the congregation, why we are doing this. So we got just before our first break, let's grab the first clip. Let's go ahead and grab no, it. Number two, Anthony. All right, this morning, what I'd like to do is to deal with the question of why. Why are we advocating this move to add an instrumental service on Sunday morning uh, in the youth room? Uh, just because we can, we can do something doesn't mean we should. So uh, why do something that is not in our tradition? And now before I get to the meat of the sermon, I want to mention one reason, which is not as important as the other reasons, and then uh, one logistics issue. First, uh, we have had numerous members uh, ask us for years uh, to add an instrumental worship service. And uh, many of our number would like to worship in this way. So while uh, some of us may be anxious about this decision, I mean, there are others who are rejoicing. I mean, there are others who are saying, finally, hallelujah. All right, uh, we're back. We're back. We're going to have to get used to Anthony giving us the heads up when we get done with that video yeah, clip. Yeah. Several things he mentioned there. One is that they'd had numerous requests for this. And one of the reasons they're doing it is because there'd been numerous requests for it. And, and even for some time, a lot of people had been suggesting their interest in having an instrumental worship service. Yeah. Uh, well, what if the interest, my question is, what if the interest was in something else? When, uh, we're having, we, we've been getting lots of requests to have a fornication service, like they were doing the idol worship. Well, uh, that'd be obvious. That, that's, that's uh, you know, illustrating by the extreme yeah. or the ridiculous. But what if, the, what if it had been something like uh, burning incense? Yeah. Uh, or we want to sacrifice a lamb what Sunday if, morning. What if it was? We would really like to see our uh, our uh, preacher dressed up in special garbs. Oh yeah, you know, or uh, we're getting lots of requests to start using some titles, uh, uh, Father ma- or or Master. You know, who, or, who knows what? But I, I just thought it was, you know, it, it was peculiar to me to start out a sermon on why we're doing this by saying because people ask us to. Yeah. What, what would be your limit then? If that serves as a reasonable justification to move forward, what would be the limit? When would you say? 
Oh, no, we're not doing that. I don't care how many people want it. We're not doing that. Yeah. You know, see what I'm saying? Yeah, it doesn't carry any water. And then he mentioned that some are pretty worried about this. Some are very anxious about the change, but others are rejoicing and saying hallelujah. I was immediately struck by this. So some people wanted it, and they're getting their way. He admits there's some people who didn't yeah. want it. Yeah. Well, how do they feel after this? Yeah. If we're just doing uh, if we're just doing it because it's a desire on the part of some, what about the desire on the part of the others who didn't want it? I mean, whose desires are we following? Once we begin to pursue human desires, then what are we going to do? Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, if let's just say it's something totally benign. Let's say it's the time that we worship, the time we meet for worship, and 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 I want it to be at eight o'clock, and you say, well, no, it needs to be at nine o'clock on Sunday morning. And you and the preacher gets up, says, we're changing our times to eight o'clock. We know some people are upset and they're going to leave over this, but there are a lot of people that are rejoicing and say, yes, finally, it's at eight o'clock. What kind of uh, spirit is that? What kind of attitude is that? That we're going to we're going to stand on our preference. Who cares what the other people think? Yeah, but uh, but but the, really, the takeaway is once a decision, anytime our decisions begin to be based upon human preference. preference then we're completely without foundation. All right. We need to go. We got. We need to get a break. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion. Those are just the beginning. It gets even worse, and we'll yep. talk about that on the other side. Okay. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the virtual Bible study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Let us rise to the occasion and embrace the incredible opportunity to be co-laborers with God. Do as Christ did, obeying the will of God no matter the cost and no matter the loss. Conduct is what we do. Character is who we are. Character is the root of the tree. Conduct is the fruit it bears. Tomorrow's character is made out of today's thoughts. When we get squeezed by difficult circumstances, what comes out of us reveals our heart. Are you toying with sin? If so, for yourself, your family, and your Lord, stop. Don't put yourself in a position of compromise. Man, wish I'd said that. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program as we review the comments from the Harpeth Hills Church in Brentwood, Tennessee, near Nashville, as they decide that it's okay to worship with instruments now. They're getting into the sermon now, to the heart of the sermon, as to why they're doing it, what the scriptures teach about instrumental music. Aaron makes an interesting comment in the chat room. You know, I said that was a pretty extreme example when you said some people want to have a fornication service. He yeah. says in Corinth, the fornication service might not have been that so extreme. Yeah. Because that certainly was the practice in pagan temples. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. Another place of worship in Corinth did that. I think he's exactly right. All right, we're going to go to the next clip uh, in, uh, in this sermon from Chris Smith explaining why they're adding an instrumental service. So in adding this service, we're simply offering options. 
uh, we, uh, the elders, the ministers, I, we think that how one worships is a matter of personal preference. Uh, One is not spiritually superior to another. So if it's a a heart and head, uh, instrumental or vocal only, somber or lively, structured or relaxed, all of these, at least in our opinion, all of these are uh, personal preferences only. So when we're adding a, a, a different style of worship, we're doing it for the same reason that we do a host of other things. Uh, people, our members, uh, people who are seated on the same row with you, we're all different. All right, so it's just a personal preference. You worship God how you want, and it really doesn't matter. It, not, no, 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 neither is spiritually superior. That, that's, I think that's one of the more shocking clips that we'll listen to tonight. We're just offering options, he said, and how you worship. We think, he said, he mentions the elders and all the preaching staff, we think that how you worship is a matter of personal preference. In fact, he even later said personal preference is only matter of personal preference only. It's only a matter of personal preference. One is not superior to another, is what he said. Now, if I, I don't know. Where do you start with that, Jacob? Well, a couple, a couple comments from Aaron that are right on the line here. He says uh, that um, that's why they offer options, so pe- different people can do different things. But that's not the spirit of New Testament Christianity. He references 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 where they were encouraged to speak the same thing. There'd be no divisions among you. They'd be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. They're introducing things here that are contradictory to what 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10 says. And he goes on. Now, this is, I like this comment even better. He says, Cain and Uzzah and Nadab and Abihu certainly had some preferences. And they were punished for pursuing their personal preference over what God had commanded. And again, in all of those, we'd have to think had and with their heart in their head, he said, yeah. the decision that, that he said, as long as you got your heart in your head where it needs to be, then it's okay to do that. Well, I think you could argue that Cain, Uzzah, and Nadab and Abihu likely all had their heart in their head where it needed to be. Yeah. A verse that's got to come into play in the course of all this discussion about worship is John four twenty four. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. There is a must to worship. Yeah. It must be in spirit and in truth. Uh, and... You know, therefore, it is not just a matter of personal preference. And one form of worship is not just as good as another. There is the worship that is prescribed by the word of God. And therefore, it is what's right. He he corrects me here. He was referencing Isaiah that uh, offered oh, incense. Oh, uh, Isaiah. Remember, yeah. he was the king. Yeah. And he went into the temple. And the, and the priest pursued him in there and said, it pertaineth not unto That's the right. king Isaiah. And then. Isaiah, God miraculously struck him with leprosy, and he died a leper uh, for for his uh, presumption yeah. to worship God in a way different than had been prescribed. All right. Next, are we ready for the next question? Okay. All right. Let's go to number four, Anthony. And this hey. is the only scripture you say he Yeah. The only scripture in the whole sermon is coming up here from 1 Corinthians 9. Right. Now to the most important question. Why? Why? What is the missional reason for making this decision? And I'm simply going to give you two. One is uh, for the mission of reaching the lost. Uh, This text from 1 Corinthians 9 
is a familiar one, I would think. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all so that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, though I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak so that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in its blessings. All right. So uh, they're doing it so they can become all things to all men. Yeah. I think that's a severe misuse of that passage. Yeah, because what it would imply is that the question is, is is it authorized? Is it authorized to have instrumental music? Or is it sinful to add instrumental music? If it's sinful, then we can't do it to become all things to all men. Paul was not saying in the course of 1 Corinthians, that's, by again, again, that's 1 Corinthians 9, verses 20 through 22. What Paul said there in no way could be argued to justify sinful things. Paul didn't do sinful things to become all things to all men. He was accommodative to people, but never to the point of sinning in order to relate to them. And so uh, preacher Chris Smith here has not established his point. He's going to go ahead and build upon this. The following quotes, he's going to build upon this. But the, but what we're arguing is if it's unauthorized and therefore sinful, then it doesn't fit in the purview of the text that he used, 1 Corinthians 9, 20 through 22. All right. Uh, certainly it's a misuse. And so I mean, you, where do you, how far do you go with that? Somebody wants to bring something in else that in that, that is unscriptural. You're going to do that so you can be all things to all men. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What if somebody wanted to uh, smoke barbecue uh, on the pulpit? Yeah, he's a he's a barbecuer by uh, you know. I mean, his heart and head, that, head are in it. That's what he does. Yeah. I mean, he's he's going off to barbecuing contests every weekend, and we want to be all things to all men. We're going to let him bring his barbecue pit in here and make barbecue during church services. I mean, that's I mean, where do you where do you stop with that kind of? I think basically my my reaction to all of this is once you go there, how do you ever stop? Yep. Aaron, in uh, well, to see Tanya first says, how can you reach the lost when you compromise God's word? Amen to that, Tanya. Excellent. You can't reach lost. Uh, if someone comes uh, because you're doing something that's unscriptural and that's why they come, then they're not right with God. It makes no it's, it's no use uh, compromising to, to get them to come for something that's unscriptural. Thank you, Tanya, for that. And Aaron uh, said, what did Paul do in idolatrous uh, Athens in Corinth given to sexual immorality and worship? He told the people to come out and be separate and stop the worship of those other gods they were used to. He also adds... Uh, he references the idea we must do church in a way that fits the culture. That's coming up in the next okay, clip, okay, I think. Let's we'll hang on that. Uh, uh, oh, Rick uh, says agrees with us on 1 Corinthians 9. He completely takes the text out of the context and deals with the text, deals with choices within the realm of things authorized. Yeah. And I think that's exactly right, and, and that's guess, where he missed it. Guess 737, or 7737 says, he says, the most important question is why. Wouldn't the most important question be where? As in, where in the Bible do we have authority for what we're doing? I think exactly right. Let's right. jump to the next one. He's going to build on this now. This He's going to take that text that he's already misused, and he's going to try to build upon it 
to establish his argument, okay? Uh, we must do church in a way that fits the culture. Now, that sentence may scare you, but it, that's simply the truth. We have to do church in a way that fits the culture. The challenge, the challenge is as real as can be. The challenge is knowing the difference between adapting to the culture and surrendering to the culture, which, with the news this past week, is a very real issue. The greatest example of this in the New Testament is the refusal to circumcise uh, Gentile converts. Christianity, remember, started with uh, Jewish people who had been circumcising males for 2,000 years. Circumcision was the sign that you belonged to God. And a Jewish Christian could not imagine being a Christian and, and being uncircumcised. But then the church spreads to Gentile areas. And the church had to make a decision. Are we going to bind our tradition on these new believers, or are we going to be culturally sensitive? Now, they chose to adapt to the new Gentile culture of Paul. The, the length of worship services, the kind of songs that we sing, church architecture, the uh, use of media and technology, all of these are cultural All right. Now, pretty shocking there uh, that, uh, and Aaron picked up on this, that they're adapting. He says that uh, they chose to forsake the Jewish tradition of circumcision and adapt to the Gentile. Well, that, that is, he, Aaron says, uh, if, if anyone does not understand that God's will was specifically revealed about the requirements of circumcision in the law, he's not a good enough Bible student to be having this discussion. Certainly that, is. That, that's right. Um, uh, notice, he said they chose to be culturally sensitive. The, the idea is that they're the ones to, that, that they made the decision that Gentile converts didn't have to be circumcised. They chose to be culturally sensitive. No, they didn't. God told them what to do about that. Yeah. That, that decision was answered by inspiration. That wasn't something they chose to do. Yeah. Now, if uh, that's apples and oranges to what this church is doing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that, again, but this is along that lines of trying to be all things to all people. And then he gives other examples of things he says the church has done to adapt to culture. He mentions, for instance, the length of the service. Well, I would agree with him that the length of the service typically in, in today's worship services is shorter than it was a generation ago or two generations ago. Yeah. But the length of the service isn't a sinful matter one way or the other. Right. In other words, if we have a two-hour service or a one-hour service, it, that's that's not that that doesn't just jump off and say we're doing it without authority because those things are not specified. Those are expedient matters that we can choose. But to add an instrument is something we'd have to have authority for, and we don't have authority for that. And so to say that we we need to do, he says, remember the title of the sermon is why we are doing this, and he says we are doing this to fit into our culture. I mean, it's obviously a big problem. We're out of time. Aaron quickly says uh, he has an article from Carl Ketcherside from 20 years ago arguing the same thing, that we'll never convert anybody if we don't have instruments, so we must bring them in to meet the expectations of the world, as though the church were, were established to meet the world's expectations. The first vocalized requirements of the kingdom was to repent, 
Uh, that's changing the person, not changing the message to suit the loss. I think good observation. All right. And we've got other comments coming in. We'll uh, get those hopefully on the other side. We do need to get a break. When we get back, it continues to go downhill. As we're seeing, the arguments for the addition of instrumental music just don't hold water. And we'll get to your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this week's bullet point. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. This is Craig Gwynn with this week's bullet point. We've seen it many times. The report on the news tells of a big storm approaching. Predictions are made of widespread damage and devastation. Images of people boarding up their homes and evacuating threatened areas flash across the screen. But did you notice? The sun is usually shining brightly while all of this is taking place. The skies are wonderfully blue. Why all the fuss? The answer is simple, of course. You can't wait until the storm hits to make your preparations. So while the storm is yet hours, even days away, the necessary precautions are being taken. There's an important spiritual lesson to be learned from this. Life is a constant cycle of periods of relative calm followed by often violent storms. It is essential that we prepare for these turbulent times, even when it appears for the moment that all is well. If we wait for the storm to hit, it will be too late. Jeremiah said, quote, If you have run with footmen and they have tired you out, then how can you compete with horses? If you fall down in a land of peace, how will you do in the thicket of the Jordan? That's Jeremiah 12, verse 5. His point is an obvious one. If you can't stand firm when the going is easy, you'll never make it when the going gets tough. Our strength for living comes to us through the Bible. It provides the power for our salvation, Romans 1.16, and gives us hope which is a sure, quote, anchor of the soul, even in the raging tempest of life, Hebrews 6, verse 19. The question is, are you using it, learning it, so that you can endure the coming storms? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Jim Meisner. I worship at the Church of Christ in Deckerville, Michigan. Be sure to listen to the virtual Bible study and watch it. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3.17. Now, back to the program. Back on the program tonight. Remind you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us and our worship at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And our worship is a cappella. We believe that's inspired by the Bible, or given by the Bible, and authorized by the Bible. We don't believe instrumental music is. If you disagree with that, we'd love to hear from your questions at collegeu.com. Remind you. About our upcoming services, twenty the July twentieth, twenty first, our upcoming Bible study. We'll talk about that here in just a few more minutes. But we're talking about the addition of instruments at the Harpeth Hills Church in Brentwood, Tennessee, and their argumentation as to why this was a good thing. All right, we've got nine clips left, and we're going to have to go a lot faster, and make less comments. But we want you all to hear these clips, and it's it's pretty amazing. If we don't get all the comments in the chat room, we apologize in advance. But we want to get all these clips in. So let's go to number six, Anthony, uh, talking about how important he thinks music is to evangelistic outreach. Nation is rapidly becoming unchurched. So what are we supposed to do? By all means, win some. Music is crucial. And, and this is no different for uh, churches. Uh, Lyle Schaller, who's written a ton of books on church growth, had one about a decade ago where he looked at uh, 50 churches that were actually reaching lost people. One of his key conclusions, music is the first and the last and the most important impact. We have concluded that if music is this important, it does not make sense for us to offer only one style of worship. If we want to reach the lost, we should offer options. By all means, 
win some. For years, I have thought that we could be culturally relevant and remain a cappella. Basically, what I've thought in the past was, well, you know what? People out there, um, they'll just get over it. I know that our style is not their style, but you know what? It's, it's just not that big a deal. I don't believe that anymore. It's a big... We want to be more evangelistic. We want to be a welcoming church. We want to be the kind of place where our folks naturally talk to others about Jesus, where they invite their friends uh, to come to church and to come to small groups, where, where we lead people to Jesus. We want our baptistry to not only be cleaned and heated, we want it to be used. This conviction has led us to the decision to add an instrumental service. All right. Uh, Long long clip there. Uh, He's basically saying that the reason they're doing, again, the sermon is why we're doing this, is because music is so important to evangelism. It's a big deal, he says, to a lot of people. He, For a long time, he thought it's not a big deal. If they want to come, they'll accept that we don't use instruments. They'll just adapt to that. But he he realizes now it's really a big deal to a a lot of people that they're trying to reach out to, and they're not going to be able to effectively reach out to them unless they add the instrument. And their desire to be more evangelistic is what's led to this decision, he said. When I heard that, my my reaction to that is, you know, when I read in the New Testament about the, the evangelism, when I read about Paul on his missionary journeys, if what how, how did he reach out to people? When Peter on the day of Pentecost tried to reach out to people in, in Jerusalem, what did they do? Did they get up and sing? Did they make them have a musical performance? No. They preached the gospel to them. And really, the singing that's mentioned in the New Testament is for those who are already Christians. Uh, Ephesians 5, verse 19, singing, speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Singing is part of the worship that Christians do, but it's never mentioned as an evangelistic tool. Um, Paul and Silas were singing in the prison in Philippi, but again, a couple of Christians singing there as they're being tortured for their faith wasn't really intended as an evangelistic outreach. Yeah, he's touched a nerve here with a lot of our listeners. Melina in the chat room says Romans chapter 12 verses 1 through 2 demands that we not adapt to culture. Right. And right. guess 7737 adds looking for a scripture that even comes close to telling the church to be culturally sensitive. And guess 1412 says interesting that he says uh, regarding adapter to culture when Paul was uh, uh, when Paul in Acts chapter 17 says that the Athenians needed to adapt their lives to Christ by repenting. And Aaron agrees that uh, he said uh, the, the quote there from the clip was music is the first and the last and the most important impact. The Bible says something different. John and Jesus and Paul went preaching, not singing. The music was something that people offered once they had become obedient, not something that drew them in. 
When you quit drawing people with the message of the gospel, they've left God's plan. And I think Aaron must have taken notes on the video ahead of time because he's sending these in just as soon as we start the clip. He's he's heard this before. He's I think he's he's, got he's, a, he's certainly studied he's this got, clip. Either, either he's typing fast or he's got them loaded up and he's cutting and pasting. Thank you, Aaron, for your let's, comments. Let's go but, fast. We're not going to get done. Let's go to number seven, Anthony. Well, let's go on quickly. Aaron says having a cappella singing in, is actually an excellent introduction to the subject of we do things because because God says so. That is the fundamental difference between ourselves and most other churches. The evangelists evangelistic opportunity comes from being different, not by being the same. Good, good point. And Rick says, be a welcoming church. It's obvious the welcoming is in the same way as Corinth wanted to be welcoming to the fornicator. What a contrast to Paul's withdrawal. Yeah, structure. well, that's a good point, Rick. You know, the people we're trying to reach have come from this pagan worship, and they have temple prostitutes at these uh, idolatrous temples, and that's really what they're expecting. Yeah. And so... We can't be culturally uh, If we're not culturally relevant. sensitive to that desire on the part of the people we're trying to reach, we're never going to be able to reach them, and so we're just going to have to do that too. I I think you nailed it right there, Rick. I think you're exactly right. I guess 5282 summarizes it well. A little leaven leavens the whole lump, and certainly there's more than just a little leaven in the lump there. Yeah, uh, Aaron says it's funny that the quotes he wrote down are the same ones we picked out. That, and that happens a lot, Aaron. Uh, you, uh, I hope it's not too scary to, but you and I think a lot alike on, and, on these things. And guess 1412 says sounds as if they have been a cappella for their recent history simply because it was their tradition. However, the scriptures teach that the, our heart is the instrument. You oh, know, it definitely is. If you listen to that whole video, they definitely talk about this was just their church tradition, our tradition, our fellow. And, and they and, and these folks, you know, back several months ago when we reviewed the video clip of the young lady who's preaching at one of those churches up there, not very far from this right. church. She she used the expression, our fellowship. In other words, our we're tribe, just, our tribe, she yeah. said. So we're just a, a sort of a small part of the bigger whole of Christianity is the is the view you're getting from that. But very much so, they suggested it is their tradition. All right. All right, let's go to number seven. Second, uh, we are concerned about the mission of reaching our own children. Our failure to provide options in worship is at least partially, not solely, but is at least partially responsible for the loss of significant numbers of our children. This has... Nothing to do with pandering or lowering the demands of the gospel or being soft or providing entertainment. This is Paul's principle and action. Be all things to all men so that we might win some. All right. (laughs) Keeps going back to that uh, passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. That's the only... That's his only uh, argument he's made so far and totally takes it out of context. If you can change on things that are unscriptural, uh, that message instruction from Paul does not determine whether things are right or wrong. Yeah, but he says the re- we're, we're losing our young people. He says at least in part we're losing them because we don't offer this music option. Now, we need to offer this because we're losing our young people. Now, he says, in saying that, I'm not suggesting that we're pandering to our young people or that we're softening our message. Well, what would you be doing then? Yeah. But that's, in other words, oh, don't, don't, don't leave. You want something different? What do you want? We'll add it. That sounds like pandering to me. How many young people have left the church because of our teaching on drugs and alcohol? Divorce and remarriage. Divorce and remarriage. 
homosexuality. Dancing. Yeah. Dancing. Homosexuality. I mean. People are leaving because of that. Do we change? This mindset that's being suggested here by preacher Chris Smith of the Harpeth Hills Church of Christ Again, as we've said several times in our program tonight, is it's open-ended. There would be no place to stop if we went down that road. Yeah. So, uh, and it uh, is a journey. It is so. a journey. He said it was. The elder said it was a journey. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Let's All right. go to number eight. I actually can tell you the exact moment. I may not can tell you the exact date, but I can tell you the exact moment that I knew for sure that we needed to do this. It was senior camp, uh, probably 2011. And uh, one of the bands from uh, the Ethos Church uh, led worship. And I was in the back, uh, just observing. And what I saw brought me to tears. Our children... Praise God in a way I'd never seen. They stood for two hours worshiping with instruments, with their entire being. It was breathtaking. All right. There you go. Well, uh, the reason I picked that clip out, Jacob, was just because very much there it illustrates that his decision in this matter was an emotional choice. You know, he was very moved by what he saw at that youth group meeting in which they were using instruments of music, and it 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 changed his mind. Yeah. But that that make you know this guy has studied the Bible all his life. He talked earlier about when he was at David Lipscomb University in Nashville and so forth. His studied position was changed by virtue of his emotional experience. I'll tell you, that's dangerous ground. That's really dangerous ground. If we're going to determine what's right is not based upon what we have studied for years, but on an instant emotional experience, that's very shaky ground. And that ethos church that he references is a church that meets in a bar in downtown Nashville. It is sponsored by this Harpeth Hills Church, and the elders of the Harpeth Hills Church are overseeing the ethos church which opens up another entire can of worms, yeah. and it shows you that they've totally forsaken the idea of a requirement for Bible authority and all that they do. In the chat room, Aaron says, I can't get over how he wants to pick appropriate worship by asking lost people what to do. Uh, those are the last people you should ask about pleasing God, but the point here is that their worship is directed to the lost, not to God. I think that's right. All right, and Tanya says emotionalism cannot replace scriptural authority. Amen to that. Yeah, and Kyle mentions they have a lot of Bible classes, all ages and so forth, but they've forgotten their first love, it seems. I think that's right. This is a very active group. If you get on their website, you're pretty well overwhelmed by the amount of activity going on. There's plenty of activity going on there, but what is their foundation? As Kyle says, probably lost their first love. And the chat room's getting a workout tonight. Melina says they should be concerned about losing young people to false worship. Amen to that. And Guest 5282 says he's governed by the human senses, which are worldly. Guest 1412 says music is very effective, a very effective way to manipulate the emotions, which should not be done. Uh, we're to worship God in spirit and in truth. Yeah. All right, let's let's go quickly. We're going to have to fly through these last clips. Are we going to take a break? Or are we just gonna no, let's just keep going. We're blowing through. All right, number nine. 
the style of worship is incidental. The heart of worship is crucial. All right, that's a real short clip. And I would only comment from that. I'd go back to John 4, verse 24. Worship, the style of worship is not incidental. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. It's not incidental. The idea of incidental is it doesn't matter. As long as the heart is right, that's the crucial matter. That's not true. James 4, verse 24 says the heart must be right, but also the act must be right. All right, we're going to get to a, a very interesting argument that he makes here in the next one, but it shows you here that the ground, as we talked about last week, the ground is fertile for the seeds of apostasy. And th- this ground has been very fertile for a long time there at Harpeth Hills. There's been other weeds of apostasy growing there. And this is just the next in the, in the chain of succession. All right, number right. 10, Anthony. Number 10. Uh, others are afraid that we're going to lose members over this decision. And that concern is very, very high on the elders list. Uh, We don't want to lose anybody over this. But ultimately, you you do not make decisions uh, over fear of losing people. If you do that, uh, you just become paralyzed. Harpeth Hills made a conscious decision over uh, 25 or 30 years ago that we were going to welcome divorced people. And at that time, we lost uh, any number of members who thought we were getting soft. Uh, We built a gym instead of expanding our auditorium in the 80s, and people left. Uh, We bought Camp High Lake, and a few members left because they thought we'd lost our minds. Especially in Nashville, with church options on every corner. You're always losing people for one reason or another. The reverse of the question is this. Who will we gain? Okay. All right. So he admits that there are some people there at Harpeth Hills who will likely leave over this decision. But he says, bottom line, it's not who will leave, but who will be gained. Almost almost leaves the impression that some souls are more valuable than others. You know, the souls of those people that were leaving, well, we're not worried about that because we're going to gain more going this other way. But he admits it's controversial. But he says we've done other controversial things in the past. And he mentions, for instance, when they built their gymnasium, which is, again, what we would argue would be an unauthorized thing for the church to be involved in. When they bought a, a camp, apparently they bought some kind of a youth camp or something and operate that, and people left, thought they'd lost their mind, he said. Well, all those things are without authority. He had, but, but, you know, what you see there, Jacob, is once you've crossed that threshold, yeah. and they did that years ago. Right. Years ago they crossed that threshold, and now they're just moving on. And if you don't like it, get out, basically. If you don't like it, you can leave, because we're going to get more people than you to come yeah. by, by these innovations. Once you stop drawing that line and saying, oh, we can't find authority for it in the Scriptures, we're not doing it, period, we're not crossing that line for anything or anyone. We're going to stand on the requirement to have scriptural authority for all we do. As you said, once you cross the line, there's no going back, and this is just a logical outcome of that. Aaron in Baton Rouge says it's interesting to hear him talk about the other things they've done with regard to their gymnasium or their decision to quit teaching what God says about divorce. The folks who are promoting social functions as the work of the church don't understand that all these things come from the same root. 
And those who are maybe have said these other things that they're doing without scriptural authority are okay, okay, but I can't stomach the instrumental worship. How so? You know, if I went along with the gymnasium years ago, then I got no leg to stand on to right. oppose the addition of the instrument, basically. Right. So, okay. All right, let's grab the next one. Lever 11, Anthony. Some are afraid of what other churches will think. Uh, one young mother wrote to me over a week ago, and the email said, I don't want anyone thinking badly about our church. I've already heard of people talking badly about Harpeth Hills since Sunday, and that kills me. And my answer is, um, you just got to let it go. Uh, staying off Facebook probably would not hurt, but just let it go. Don't, don't defend. Don't, don't get mad. Don't, don't act like we're some kind of Christian martyr. Just, just let it go. We're trying to do what we think is right for Harpeth Hills at this time. It is not the right thing for other churches. Just, just let it go. All right. Okay. Let it go. I think the main thing I want to take away out of that clip is him saying it's right for us, but it's not right for everybody. Yeah. How could that be? We're all trying to follow the same rule book, aren't we? If it's right for them, it would be right for everybody. And that's, that is a, 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 I think that's a very telling statement on his part. The idea that the scriptures are open to various interpretation and this is right for me. It might not be right for you, but you do what's right for you. I'll do what's right for me. I deny it's, the very premise it's the ecumenical of that. mindset that, but we're teaching opposite things. They're saying that instrumental music is right. We're saying that instrumental music is wrong. One of us is right. One of us is wrong, or we're both wrong. Well, on this issue, you can't have it. I mean, either he's right or wrong. One yeah. of us is wrong. Yeah. And so you can't say, well, they're all right to say that it's wrong and unscriptural. And but but us, we're going to say it's scriptural. And you know what I thought was interesting? He said, "Don't try to defend this. Don't get mad. Don't act like you're some sort of Christian martyr." Don't defend what we're doing. Don't try to defend what we're doing. Get over it. Let it go. He said, just let it go. You know, that's the same problem we've had for a number of years, Jacob, on the virtual Bible study when we try to get some of our religious neighbors right here in our own community to talk with us on virtual Bible. Just talk about our differences. They don't want to talk. Doesn't matter. They're not interested in defending what they're doing. Now this guy's he's actually telling the congregation, don't try to defend what we're doing. This is right for us. I mean, it's not right for everybody, but it's right for us. Very amazing. All right. All right, let's go to number 12, number Anthony. 12. The chat room's crazy. Some of you are surprised. A, a big surprise. A, I've got to think about this surprise. And I know that there are others in the room who are thinking, for, for Pete's sakes, it's... It's just a guitar. You just keep going on and on. And and my response is, and I say this kindly, but my response is, you just don't get it. You have no idea how much this is going to cost some people. And they will bear that cost. For the sake of congregational unity and for the sake of the gospel and because they trust this leadership. 
They will pay a price because they love this church. All right. All right. Uh, I just thought that was interesting there when he talked about it's a big surprise for some of our members. In other words, some of them were blindsided by this. They shouldn't have been. They should have seen it coming because of this church has been has lost its Bible authority moorings years ago. So this should not have been a surprise. He says it was for some, but he says they're going to bear it. They're going to they're going to deal with it because they love this church. Well. If they're going to put up with that, then they love that church they more sure than they, do. they, they, love, they the church. love it more than they love God because yeah. they're going to violate God's authority in order to stay loyal to this particular congregation. And that in itself is a big mistake. All right. Let's go to the next one. We've got two more to go here. All right. We're 13. Close to the end. I do not believe that this is just the smart thing or the expedient thing to do. I believe it is the right thing to do. All right. All right. Now there, well, I guess he would argue it's right for us. He Uh said it's it's not just expedient. It's not just, it's not the smart thing. We're not doing this because we think it's the smart thing to do. We're not doing this because we think it's the expedient thing to do. We're doing this because we believe it's the right thing to do. For it to be the right thing to do, you'd have to have authority for it. But we've all all pointed out that there's not authority for it. But he's saying it is not just expedient. This is not just we're free to make this choice that we're making. He's saying it is the right thing to do, which argues that it is it, authorized. Yeah, it has to, and it has to be done. Yeah, yeah, and it must be. We don't have the, a choice. The converse would be it, that it's it, wrong if you don't. It, right. That's yeah. right. It, so a pretty amazing statement yeah. there. And okay. real quickly, the last, the last clip, we're going to get done, but we might run just a minute or two over time. Because of our refusal to offer options, we have folks leaving us in search of other worship styles, leaving us, I might add, for churches that do not believe what we believe about baptism, Uh, leaving us for churches that do not believe what we believe about the Lord's Supper, leaving us while we enforce our tradition, which is a lovely tradition. It's a wonderful tradition. And for me personally, it is a tradition that helps define me, but it is a tradition. Another word for that is it's a rule. I've surveyed our current elders, and I went back about five or six elders before, so maybe 16, 17. Do you know how many of our elders have at least one child who go to a church that's instrumental? How many? Seventy percent. Why? Why would we continue to watch our children and others walk away. Walk away because of a rule we no longer believe. Oh, rule. There you go. Okay. So it's a rule we no longer believe. In the course of that clip, you saw him reduce this instrumental music question to it's a not. It's, it's 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 just our rule. We made a rule uh, in, in our in our fellowship. We made a rule: no instruments. If you listen to the whole clip, he says, "I know the rules. I know I've, for years I've known the rule, and our rule is no instrument." But he said, "That's just that's just our rule, uh, and we need to understand it. Why would we let our kids leave just because we want to enforce our rule?" Yeah. He said, "By the way, they're leaving us to go to churches that differ with us on." 
baptism. Differ with us on the Lord's Supper. You know what that tells me? That all of these wonderful youth group meetings that he's so enamored with have not grounded those kids at all. Fun and games. They've entertained those kids and with instrumental music, but it's given them no base of spirituality at all. And off they go. And when they leave us, they're going to churches that don't don't believe what we believe about baptism, don't believe what we believe about the Lord's Supper and, and so and, forth. And Aaron is on the same wavelength, he says, because you don't teach on authority and you show them by example that they get to pick what they like. Exactly right. And even 70% of the elders, both past and present, have lost at least one child to other religious groups that use instrumental music. Well, that tells you, even the elders are not grounding their own children in the basics of Bible authority. So why would we continue enforcing our rule while we're losing? Well, you know what I would tell him? There's probably no reason for you to continue to enforce that rule because, you know, you don't believe it. You don't believe you don't believe on how we establish Bible authority. You're not trying to pursue Bible authority. You're doing a whole lot of things for which there is no Bible authority. Yeah, you're probably right. Why would we continue to enforce that rule when we haven't enforced any others? And you're headed down a road that will lead to places that you have no idea yet where it will lead. And it's a very scary road that you're on. Aaron says he makes a good point. When churches don't teach about why they do things, people will abandon those things. I know a preacher years ago who said he didn't teach on authority anymore because there were more important things to talk about. Aaron responds, no, there aren't. The question of how to know what God wants is the most fundamental thing to talk about. Yeah. And Tanya concludes, yes, they have no depth of knowledge. And that's why they're leaving. Exactly right, Tanya. All right. We've All missed right. Uh, lots of comments. Good comments. comments and we had, and we had, we had a couple of emails that I didn't get to. Chris in the U.K. had sent in some good questions, good comments. Chris, apologies that we didn't get to you. Uh, there was just so much going on in the chat room, and, and we were moving so fast, I just didn't get a chance to work in your email. All right. Scary things going on there, but... Scary things going on in a lot of different places that maybe aren't to this point yet, but when we leave the requirement for Bible authority, we open ourselves up to the kind of stuff we've seen explained to us tonight. Uh, Very dangerous when we leave the requirement to have Bible authority for all that we do. I think you're exactly right. Good discussion tonight. I think an important discussion. I hope it's been valuable to our participants uh, tonight on the Virtual Bible Study. Thank you for taking the time to get those clips together. Yeah, it's important stuff, I think. All right. Anthony, your thought, your blood pressure is probably not any lower (laughs) than it was earlier today. No, yeah. I mean, I think this is good. I mean, I don't think we're, you know, we're not out to badmouth this church. It's not our point. Our point is this serves as a, a very loud warning call for all of us. Yes. This is what can happen when we start to go down that road. And so exactly. we, need, we need to have these these things firm in our mind. Exactly right. Thank you for being here tonight, Anthony. My Thank you for your time, Dad. Don't for, everybody remember our community oh, yes. Bible study Monday and Tuesday night, this coming Monday and Tuesday night, July 2021, at the Memorial Building in downtown Columbia, just two blocks straight west of the downtown uh, square, uh, the Memorial Building, Bob Buchanan, the Christian's response to Islam. 7 o'clock Monday and Tuesday night should be very informative. We'll look forward to seeing you there if you're anywhere near the Columbia, Tennessee area. Find out more about it on our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Make plans to be there next Monday and Tuesday. Make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. 
Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.